0: episode what is it episode eight of pals with bill wadman and today man this is a fun treat you're you're all the way here from from la the the city of angels
1: sunny los
0: angeles (laughs) Uh, is it as sunny as they say it is
1: every single day uh and i hate the sun so it's been something to get used to it's almost impossible to keep track of time
0: you mean time through the year time
1: through the year the seasons weeks
0: go by and you don't even notice
1: i actually have no idea what month we are in like if i didn't have to pay rent every month yeah i would not know what time of year it was at all and then it's really confusing because i'll go home to minnesota and it'll be freezing and so i'll be like oh okay so i'm pretty sure we're in winter again yeah but then go back and it's just sunny yeah
0: every day She's like, damn it, I want some rain <laughs> and some clouds.
1: I just, I'm, I'm a. You go to the beach. Snow. You don't seem
0: like a beach girl to me.
1: Uh, I go to the beach every now and then, yeah. um, but not, not actually as often as I should. I should take advantage of what the city has to offer. Yeah.
0: We're here with Liz Hara, uh, who is, uh, well, oh God, you're so many things. When I met you, mm-hmm. you were primarily a puppeteer and yep. puppet maker. Yep. But now you're a TV writer. Yes.
1: Uh, you get around. Yeah. I like to do a bunch of different things.
0: Was, was, was that the plan all along?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, it kind of happened gradually and it's always just been like somebody will offer kind of a next step that seems like a natural next step that doesn't even seem that extreme. And then because puppetry, when you're doing it, it really is, you are responsible for creating so much of it. So I started as a builder, but then started building my own work. And so that meant performing in my own work and writing my own work. Right. And so it just kind of spread from, from that beginning.
0: In some ways, puppetry as a beginning for a career and the kind of stuff you're doing is actually a good one because you kind of get to see all sides of production Yeah, because you're doing all sides of production. Yeah. Because, the great majority of puppetry is a couple of people, a few people, a one man band. Mm -hmm. It's smaller.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's very much. Hey kids, let's put on a show. Yeah. Me and a couple of my friends in my basement, just building stuff with cardboard and you have to do everything because otherwise it doesn't get done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you grew up in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I've never been where I've actually never been to Minnesota. It's lovely.
1: I and know. my and my mother thinks she should come visit and talk to her camera club. I know. I love I love your parents.
0: Your parents are like my favorite. Uh yeah, your father who I took pictures of, mm-hmm. those are some people's favorite. In fact, I think you still use it as I, the header picture on your website. Yeah. Your and Facebook every time
1: page. uh his birthday rolls around, I post at least one of those. Those are amazing pictures of him. He's
0: he's he's uh he's a handful, that yeah. man. So you your your father's Japanese American. Yep. Where's your mother? What's her uh, ethnicity?
1: I mean, she's kind of generic white lady from Portland, Oregon.
0: Oregon. Yeah. From out west.
1: Yeah. Although she seems like the most Minnesotan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: In Minnesota is it a lot of just straight white people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So was that was that a thing when you were growing up being mixed race? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um
1: in my elementary school class, it was for most of elementary school just me and one other kid whose dad was black. Uh, and then one girl who was Korean, but adopted by a white family. So like we were right. the minority kids. So it's like, yeah,
0: you three, two half and one yep. adopted kid were the yep. minority yep. kids. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them white as the Minnesota yep. so, snow. Yes. Interesting. Yeah.
1: I think there were six Asians in my graduating class of 600. Wow. Yeah. Like,
0: that's a big school for Minnesota
1: typical of a suburb i think maybe like 600 in
0: your high school class yeah okay yeah mine was like 225 or something like that so heather's my wife was Uh 27 what private school uh no public school in the middle of nowhere in vermont oh oh there's like 16 yeah vermont (laughs) oh oh oh, vermont you're from minnesota
1: (laughs) but size wise we're huge yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah
0: And you went to, you went to, so when did, was it early that you started with the puppetry? Did, were you into that when you were younger?
1: Uh, I was into building things Um, in middle school and high school. I was in a program called Odyssey of the Mind, which my,
0: uh, my nephews in Odyssey of the Mind. It's great.
1: And it honestly, it kind of was the training grounds for what I do now because it's writing and building and problem solving and engineering yeah, and all and that. Creativity. Yeah. Like just
0: sort of like rampant creativity. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um so I was very much into that. And that is when I built my first puppet. Um like I built this camel costume puppet thing with a little moving mouth on a string. Oh, okay. Um Yeah. So that's kind of how I started, but didn't really get into building puppets until My senior year in high school, I think, I was working at a local theater in Minneapolis and this incredible show. The company I think still exists, Improbable Theater Company in London, they had this show called Shockheaded Peter. Yeah. um, And it was all these German nursery rhymes in which the children died at the end of every single one. It was hilarious. Like this, weird. this one little girl was told not to play with matches. So of course she dicks around and plays with matches and catches right. on fire. Um, and another boy is sucking his thumb and his mother says, if you keep sucking your thumb, the tailor's going to come and cut off your thumbs, which he does. And then he bleeds to death and we all laugh
0: because it's like this, it's like the original Cinderella. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and like the band was this weird kind of Zydeco band that, you know, had the accordion and like a, had these weird singing voices. Um, and they came
0: through Minneapolis.
1: Yeah. And I saw that and I was just like, okay, puppets. That is amazing. These guys can do anything. Yeah. That's absolutely what I want to do. So then when I got to college, uh, started kind of pursuing that and ended up uh, interning at Henson. Um,
0: in college? Yeah. Where'd you go to school? Basser. Okay. So
1: it was close enough to the city that I could commute in and... Uh, have an Do they have a like, puppetry
0: major or what did you, were we there for no, theater?
1: No, uh, American culture actually, which is an American culture. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> with, with a lot of people though. I mean, to the average person in America, I think puppetry is either kid shows mm-hmm. or, you know, the weird British stuff from the Genesis yeah. TV show or which videos. Is terrifying. Yeah. Those things are really weird. That, What's that company
1: that does I that? I can't remember. <laughs> I look it up all the time. Yeah. I can't remember if that was Neil Scanlon's or not. Or, or that guy
0: who does the, no, who, the or who's the guy who does the Marionette stuff in um, John Malkovich. Uh
1: that's Philip Huber, who is a lovely human I want to being. meet that man. He is the nicest Where does he man. Live? He He, uh, I don't know if he lives he works in, on
0: cruise ships a lot, yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. Uh Carol actually knows him okay well. So I'll have
0: to i yeah. make that happen. I'd love to meet him.
1: His stuff is amazing. I don't even like marionettes that much, but his stuff is he's phenomenal. exceptional at it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so, but, so were you into that stuff as a, were you into children's shows as a kid?
1: Definitely. Um, actually I remember being a little too good for Sesame street when I was little, I was like, that's a baby show and it's dumb. I'm an adult <laughs> and I like Fraggle rock.
0: Oh that, yeah, of course. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Uh,
1: so Fraggles are amazing and Labyrinth is amazing. Dark See, Crystal, stupid, like.
0: Okay. The, the things in Dark <laughs> Crystal that kind of like walk on their front wings, you know, yeah. that was- Those things, it still freaks me out. They're terrifying. I don't know why. There's something about the motion. There's something about 80s movie puppetry Mm -hmm. that was trying to be kind of real, but wasn't
1: really real. So it kind of hits you in the uncanny valley. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is that that just me, or are there other people who are like that I think a lot of
1: people feel that way.
0: Okay, because yeah, yeah, especially some of that stuff in the 80s freaked me out a little bit.
1: definitely that Genesis video is nightmare fuel.
0: And, uh... See, you're younger than me. So, I Fraggle Rock was What year was that did that start? Uh, Late 80s? It was 80s, yeah. Okay. So, I would be in middle school or high school mm-hmm. by that. It was after my time. Yeah. Like you're the right generation for that. It was
1: It is so good. It's so good. And it's just it's beautiful. How long was that on? I actually have no idea. Not
0: very long though.
1: Probably not. But it lives forever in my memory. So, it <laughs> seems like it takes You up have so it all on DVD space. and
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, so you go to Vassar, you start making puppets at Vassar. Was there any sort of organization there or anything? Or were you just sitting in your dorm room and they're like, come on, Liz, we're going on drinking. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'll see you later, guys. (laughs) And you're sitting there with cardboard and cutting it out.
1: Uh, I want to say that that
0: wasn't how
1: that happened, but kind of. Um, I got to do a couple independent studies and interned at Henson and then actually got to do a puppet show as my senior thesis project, right. Um, my topic was studying race and how it's portrayed in children's television. So oh, I had to do like a whole thing. Um, but yeah, I was absolutely building puppets in my dorm room with no ventilation and lots of toxic chemicals. Well, so, lots of
0: lots of glue sticks yeah. and yeah. spray mount. And, yep. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And so I, I, the reason I know you is that we have a friend in common, mm-hmm. Carol, who's probably listening. Hi, yep. Carol. Hey, Carol. Um, who she and I met at university of Connecticut, mm-hmm. which does have a puppetry program, yeah. which is kind of known for its puppetry yeah. program. Right.
1: Yeah. I think it's one of maybe two schools with a puppetry program. I think Cal arts has one.
0: Okay. So yeah. So there's one on the East coast, one on the West, yeah. and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And everybody else is either just interning with somebody or learning it that way yeah. or figuring out themselves or.
1: Yeah. And that's, Kind of what's great about puppetry is because it is it's very much institutional knowledge. Uh that is how you learn. You just kind of jump in and people accept you into the community. And for the most part, um and what I really love about puppetry is that people are really excited to share their knowledge with people. Yeah. Um I definitely like whenever there's a young person that is that expresses an interest in puppetry, I will tell them way too much stuff. I'm just like, yeah. come, I will show you all the things, whether yeah. you want my help or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I have knowledge to impart to no. child.
0: <laughs> Did you uh and then so you were at Henson in school, then you graduate mm-hmm. and then you go back there?
1: Uh I went to I went back home to Minnesota for a couple years. Um, but then when I moved out to New York, actually started mostly working at a Broadway costume shop. And then whenever Henson had Projects. I would go freelance for them. Right. Um, but then cool. over the years, just like got to be there more regularly. Yeah.
0: Uh, you become one of the family. Yeah. Did it? Do you find is there a correlation between people who are who are traditionally good actors and people who are good puppeteers?
1: Um. Are
0: those different skills?
1: They're different skills, and they're related. Um. But they're not necessarily the same people, and definitely people who have, who are better actors are better puppeteers. Um, but also like, it is really a physical art form. Yeah.
0: So you lose your face as a thing of expression. You have to use your hands as a thing of expression, which is a whole different thing.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's related in that it's performance, but like also sometimes dancers make really good puppeteers. Yeah. Um, and puppeteers are amazing dancers, uh, so if you ever go to a puppeteer's wedding, it's always
0: the best time. Really?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because there's always surprising. independence
0: of limbs or rhythm or what is they the- just,
1: they know how to use their bodies. Like it is a physical art form uh, and they have great rhythm. So yeah, generally amazing dancers.
0: Do do you think that the, 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 the uh, overwhelming popularity of Muppets mm-hmm. and the whole Henson thing mm-hmm. is, is a is a double-edged sword for puppetry in general because people equate puppets with Muppets and not, yeah. you know, pu- Muppets are a sub-genre of yeah. puppets and some people think they are puppets.
1: Yes, and there's, because there's so much more beyond that, you know, I work theatrically mostly in tabletop puppetry, which is more like the Boon Raku style, um, and then there's shadow puppetry and marionettes, and there's just such a wide, incredible range that people have no idea about. And actually like Jim Henson was really into all of that. And uh, was even for a while, the president of the puppeteers of America. Um, So he was like very much a true puppeteer. Um, But yeah, because the Muppets are like such a huge thing that is kind of all that people know about. And people think that it's very much a children's art form, which is sure not true. And even like the original muppet show was very
0: adult. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a similar thing to animation, right? Yeah. Where yeah. people assume that animation is for kids when mm-hmm. obviously there's all the Japanese stuff that's yeah. very much adult animation, yeah. you know. Uh, similar kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so so how long were you doing that kind of work? And, uh, and where did that go?
1: All the Henson stuff? Um yeah. Let's see. So I've been at Henson pretty regularly. Probably now for seven years or so. Okay. Um, and even though I moved out to LA, I still whenever I have any amount of time, I'm back in New York trying to work back at the shop. Um, and then I started working on set at Sesame Street as a puppet wrangler, which uh, we're the people on set that prepare the puppets, rig any props, uh, make sure do gets all the lost. costume changes. Yes. <laughs> Um,
0: kind of like a prop master on a yeah, TV show. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very much so. Um, and I think Lars, one of the other puppet wranglers, um, described it as we're the pit crew for the puppets.
0: Yeah. That's cute. Yeah.
1: That's a good way to put it. Um, so I was doing that on set and, uh, became friends with Joey Mazzarino, who was the head writer at the time. And I had, told him that I wanted to pursue writing and he took a look at my stuff. And then he got me on at Sesame as a writer right before he left. So I've been there now for, I think three or four seasons now right? as a writer.
0: It, it is amazing. Everybody I've talked to, there's a common thread, mm-hmm. which is that it's, there's hard work and then there's somebody giving you a break. Yes. I mean, you have to be ready for the break. You have yep. to be good enough to be able to use it. Yeah. But you can't be slamming against a brick wall all the time without somebody opening a door and letting you through Yeah,
1: very much so.
0: Do you feel like your career has been a lot of those kinds of things where somebody takes a, takes a chance on you? Absolutely. Yeah. Like,
1: I have been so grateful. I have had a lot of amazing mentors throughout my career. Um, Marty Robinson probably was the first. He is the puppeteer who... Uh, is Snuffleupagus and Telemonster. Right. Um, he was the one when I was interning at Henson on Little Shop of Horrors. He was always encouraging me to do my own work and uh, was one to encourage me to go to the O'Neill Puppetry Conference. Um, he and Pam Marciero, who's another Sesame puppeteer. Uh, and It's a week-long puppetry conference in Connecticut and you get to work with just some amazing artists like Philip Huber. Uh, And it's such a great thing because like you go in as a 19 year old kid and you're just some dumb idiot and you get to work with your professional heroes. Yeah. And they, again, it's that institutional knowledge where like you have access to these amazing
0: people. And people tend to, there's a similar thing that I was at last year for photography, Mm -hmm. which is this, um, there's a workshop upstate New York mm-hmm. that is very sort of small for photojournalists. And I got asked to come up to be on the sort of the support team, Cool, you know, which is, yeah. you know, and you're up there and you're sitting around for three, four days with your heroes eating on, you know, the, 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 the lawn or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And everyone treats each other as equals. Yeah. Is it very much like that at yeah. this thing too, where it's like, oh yeah, we're all puppeteers. And I know that I've been on Sesame tree for 50 years. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, let's talk about this. Like yeah. I'm not gonna treat you like a jerk kid yeah. just because you're a jerk kid. Yeah. It's gotta be pretty amazing.
1: It's it's incredible. Like and it just makes me so proud to be part of that community. And again, like yeah, to Is be it, able to do that for other younger artists.
0: Yeah. There's a lot there's a lot of people, especially at Henson and stuff, who've been there for a long time.
1: Forever. Is that uh, ever a
0: problem? Where it's like, okay, this person really needs to get out of the way because somebody else needs, you know. I know we're on mic and you don't want to say, but like, is that, it's got to be a thing because these people don't want to leave. It's it's fun. You're part of the show. Uh,
1: I mean, definitely, there's not a lot of turnover, but I don't think anybody begrudges no one anybody. Complains. No, yeah. I don't think so. Uh, because it's it's great having them there because on Sesame Street, our camera guy, Frankie has been the camera guy since day one.
0: That's amazing. And there
1: are even people that work there that are second generation. Oh. And so, like, that feels incredible. That really to be still, is a family, yes. literally a family. Yes. Yeah, and Raleigh Cruson, who is just the most brilliant puppet builder, she's been there for 40 years, I think, as yeah. a puppet builder. And just, like, they know everything. And they have all the best stories. So it's just, it's incredible to have them there. on
0: set. Right. Well, you know, that's a good question actually. Uh, so theoretically in a situation like that, Henson owns the characters.
1: Uh, true, not true. Henson, it's, It's been very complicated. There have been like. Between the Children's Television
0: Workshop and all that stuff? Yeah. Some corporation owns the characters. Sesame
1: Workshop now owns the Sesame Street
0: characters. Okay.
1: Disney owns the Muppets and Henson builds the Sesame Street puppets.
0: Oh, that's very complicated. Under
1: a contract, under a
0: license from. Yeah. But if you are playing, you know, if you're uh, uh, Frank Oz and you're playing. Mm -hmm. Ralph the dog or whoever Mm -hmm. for 30, 40 years, and you're not going to do it anymore. And you're handing it down to some new puppeteer. Mm -hmm. Do you, is there like a thing of like, I've decided who my next, the next person in line is, is there, is there, or is it the company says, Nope, we're giving it to Liz. Uh, How does
1: that work? It has kind of been some of
0: both. Um, Is there an anointment ceremony? Is there, (laughs) I hand the puppet to you and you are now Kermit.
1: For a big bird. There was it has been Carol Spinney uh Forever. Pretty much forever. Um
0: And that's a very physical Oh yeah. And he's an older guy, really he's, old oh, guy. Yeah, now. he's
1: in his eighties now. Right. Um and he has given the role over to Matt Vogel. Um and I think there was a lot of transition time. Um and Carol has worked with Matt. They would dull up for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. There's Yeah,
1: so it very much was a like
0: you I'm are, handing this to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: it's been beautiful. Uh, and I highly recommend Carol Spinney's documentary, I Am Big Bird. Oh, yeah, that's a good um, one. Uh, but then um there was some news about Kermit the Frog is now also Matt Vogel, actually. Oh, really? Um, okay. And that was so this more guy's a, the superstar now. He, yeah.
0: <laughs> is he good? He's great. How old is he? Uh
1: I don't actually know. He's in his 40s, but so I don't know. So
0: my age, not that much, not yeah. much older than you. Yeah.
1: Um, That's got
0: to be kind of cool.
1: It's yeah. And he's an amazing human being. So it's, you're kind of like, yeah, great. No, so, this is, it's, it's gotta be, funny. we feel good about this.
0: <laughs> it's gotta be funny being him, right? You're like walking down the street and you're like, yeah, I'm Kermit and Big Bird and none of these people know who I am. Yeah. yeah, That's gotta be a weird thing, right?
1: Cause he's two of the most famous characters yeah. ever.
0: And if you pulled one of them out, people would be like, oh my lord. Yeah. Or if he just started talking yeah. in the voice or whatever yeah. it was. I remember but one. he could
1: just walk around. What, like yeah. A guy.
0: One time I was up in when I was in school in Boston, the, there used to be those Warner Brothers stores
1: mm-hmm. yeah. in the malls. Yeah.
0: And they and this was when uh Pinky and the Brain was on. <laughs> yeah. And they had a sign up, you know, this Saturday, like Pinky and the Brain are gonna be here. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh whatever. And I happened to be walking through the mall that day, and there was, you know big stuffed guys who's pinky in the brain. But then inside the store were the two guys whose name as I can't recall, who voiced. Is Rob
1: Paulson one of them? Could be. Okay, yeah.
0: Two of those guys, you know, the voices were yeah. sitting there talking to kids in the voices. And the kids were just like <laughs> losing their minds because they don't understand. Like it was just this yeah. weird. Do, do you find that, because you must have met lots, seen lots of kids who come on mm-hmm. set or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Do they understand the 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 sort of, I don't know what the term would be. They. The veil of, of, of impossibility there, you know.
1: They get it, but whenever one of the puppeteers comes out with the puppet, they talk to the puppet. They do not care about the human behind them. Right. And they, they can see it. And and when I say they, I don't mean children. I mean everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like, these people are not ventriloquists. It's not no. like they're faking or, or you know, trying to minimize their mouth movements. Their face
1: is right there. Yeah.
0: In fact, their face is probably mimicking the puppet.
1: Yeah. But I mean, that's just the magic of puppetry is you care about the character.
0: Yeah. It's kind of amazing. It's beautiful. (laughs) Uh, So, so what's it like writing for those guys?
1: Uh, that I love it because, uh, I mean, you get to write for Sesame street. Like that's,
0: yeah, how do you come up with stuff that hasn't been done in 50 years or whatever the hell has been, 45 um, years?
1: Well, I think you probably have to give up the idea that you have any chance of doing that. Yeah. Um, you just have to try to make it as funny and as good as possible. The old-timers um, come
0: out, we did a skit like this yeah. in 83, and you're no John whatever it is who wrote that skit. You
1: know? And you always try to sneak in stuff that just... They, you know, that they're never going to let you do, but you still try. Yeah. Uh, Like, I tried to do this whole, like, oh, what if Bert and Ernie did Waiting for Godot? No, that's, you don't get to do that, but you still have to try. Um, Who who
0: cuts, who, like, who cuts your legs out from under you in that
1: situation? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This time it was the head rider being like, seriously listen, a little bit man. too far I'm like no nah, i know i know i'll do this
0: again but actually that would be kind of funny
1: it'd be funny but you know because the there is because you do have yeah. to have it
0: as as many layers yeah right?
1: yeah um but yeah the whole process is uh you actually work really closely with curriculum which is great like oh really we start the season with a full curriculum meeting and we talk about what the theme is this for that is what we season. need to cover this yeah. year yeah um, and then the writers break off and we get a list of topics with all the takeaway messages for each topic,
0: each or as a group,
1: uh, as a group. Okay. And then we get to pick the topics. So
0: oh, I, I, this one's kind of fun. I got an idea. All right. Yeah. Let's you take that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, so this year I got to write about chickens. Okay. Um, and, and it's like stuff that is specifically about like what the topic is, but also, kind of emotional goals that we want to hit for the season. So like we're also this season kind of dealing with resilience and risk taking and patience, uh, dealing with disappointment. Um, so trying to layer in those goals with the actual, uh, chickens hatch in 28 days.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Um, how long is the format now that show? Uh, the whole show is half an hour. Did it used to be longer? It used to be an hour, but the okay. move to HBO, now we're 30 minutes. Okay. Um, is and, it actually
0: 30, or is it like 26 or 23 uh, or
1: whatever? I think it's a true 30 because it's HBO.
0: Right. No ads, right. Okay. <laughs>
1: um, But I can't entirely. And do they still sure.
0: mix in? Because back in the day, there might be 15 minutes of new stuff, and then yeah. there was a lot of old stuff. Do they still mix in old stuff?
1: They do mix in old stuff. Um And, like, the street story, I think, is maybe, I want to say, like, 11 minutes, and then there are a bunch of shorter segments. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure how old the old stuff is that they're mixing in. I don't know if they're still...
0: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, (laughs) ten.
1: They got pentatonics to do. Oh, to redo that? It's very charming. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And and you also, I guess, have to you have to think about who the puppeteers are, who are mm-hmm. going to be working on stuff. Uh-huh. You can't over, you can't, Oh, we can't use him and him and his other three characters in this episode. Cause you got to also have her stuff and this guy's stuff and whatever. Yep. That's gotta be a part of it. Right. Too. Yeah.
1: There is a lot of making sure everybody is represented. <laughs> is that
0: person even available the day we're supposed to film this yeah. or whatever?
1: Although we will do a lot of several of our puppeteers do multiple characters. Yeah. And if they're ever in a scene together, we will have another puppeteer do the puppeteering, but then they'll uh, loop the voice over later. Oh,
0: okay. That's interesting. So it's
1: still possible.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I have not even thought of that. See all these like
1: yeah. weird little tricks, right?
0: <laughs> the uh, All right. So you're writing there for how many years have you been there?
1: Uh, I think this is my fourth season <laughs> as a writer.
0: So are, are you considered yeah. a, a full-time writer there? How does how does that work? Uh, are you still I, doing other stuff while you're there? Are you building it all?
1: Yeah, I'm still building and wrangling sometimes, and I've gotten to puppeteer, like, just a handful of days. Um, Would that
0: be a goal for you? Like, oh, I want to puppeteer all the time.
1: Uh, I like doing all of it, so I don't want to be a puppeteer at the expense of any of the other stuff. Right. Um, but it
0: is... At that level, do like, they separate people?
1: Uh, not really. I mean... I've always been a little worried that they would make me choose at some point. And so far I've been getting away with doing all the things. Yeah. Um. So I would like to do more of it. Definitely.
0: Um, yeah.
1: But I like doing all of it.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about construction for a minute? Yeah. So when you started messing around with stuff mm-hmm. in Odyssey of the Mind yeah. and then ended up there in an internship and really probably started learning mm-hmm. how these things are actually built. Has has construction of these things changed much over the years? The similar materials, you uh, have to worry about conservation. Long term, this thing has to last for ten years. Yeah, or, you know, like how does all that work?
1: Um, for the most part, they're still generally being built the same way, um, but. You know, a lot's happened since the 60s. So companies go out of business. No no more
0: asbestos.
1: Yep. (laughs) Which is a bummer. Um, Yeah, the barred cement that we use. What is that stuff? uh, It's a contact cement that we use to glue the foam together. Like the stuff
0: where the top has the brush on it? Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, They They tried to make that less toxic. and Now it doesn't hold. It doesn't hold. And so we have to... Try to find like the most toxic version of it because it's the good one.
0: Yeah. Um and that's to connect like foam stuff to yep. itself. Yeah. Okay. Cause uh, that's the base of a lot of these things yeah. is is pieces of just sheets of foam that are folded and yep. cut and folded.
1: Yep. And uh and a lot of the manufacturers now make it so it's just a little flimsier so the puppets the don't behave the same way. Yeah. Um
0: they don't bounce back as yeah. much, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, they got to worry about. I never, th- I never thought about materials changing over the yeah. years. Yeah,
1: um, and we used to use, or that we they um, before my time used to use these things called wacky stacks for a lot of the eyes. It was this toy that existed. that were like these little balls that you
0: know
1: folded yeah. together. Um, and they stopped making them, so I think Henson bought like all the wacky stacks yeah, in yeah, America. Yeah. And now there's just like this tiny dwindling supply in the back. There's
0: the box. Like, do you really need them? Can we recycle them from another one? Do we? And then what happens if something that is famous breaks? Um, Big Bird's, you know, beak is falling off. Like, is it okay? goes to the head person and they fix it.
1: Yeah. And we have to kind of hope that the things that we need to repair, it still exist. And if they don't, we have to come up with a new solution um
0: ever visible do you ever you know is there something ever break where you fix and you go yeah, it's not the same but it's the best we could do we got to move on
1: i think there's probably stuff that like those with deep deep knowledge
0: would notice that that's a different left eye on that thing or whatever
1: yeah (laughs) um but i mean the people that are repairing these are also the people that Kind of originally made them, or have been making them yeah. at least since and the eighties. They, they
0: probably had no idea that they'd still be going forty years later, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, and then a lot of stuff have to travel. Yeah, it
1: does. What do travel they do? Like
0: with the pelican cases, or what do they keep these things?
1: in? Uh, we have these really great travel black travel boxes. Um I actually do they got sit to on a form
0: like a shoe would, like when they're in there, or they just sit there floppy inside.
1: Uh For the most part, so I know we, it's a weird, we esoteric hold question. them lovingly and oh, okay. surround them with bubble wrap um sometimes they travel in duffel bags uh i've taken cookie monster through airport security in a duffel bag uh which is really exciting because just like and they never stop you at security they're never like i'm sorry is that cookie monster in your bag and you just you want them to because you're like oh you guys don't know who's here i have him in my bag (laughs)
0: this is (laughs) <laughs> this is so silly. You're, you're, like, me. you're like, mm, I'm in the mood for some chocolate chip. Yep. <laughs> Anybody else in the mood for some chocolate chip? Like, you start prompting people. <laughs> that must have been fun. Where it were was, you going from and to?
1: Uh, I was carrying them to the Emmys. They got to give an award out for the Emmys.
0: So. Yeah, that kind of that's there's all that weird special stuff. Yeah. Of, right. Where if, mm-hmm. oh, we need so and so to go do this thing. Yeah. This special cameo on yep. something else. And all those people are, you're all on like full-time contract. Is that a union gig? What is, is how does uh, that work over there?
1: The puppeteers are all union. Uh, the Wranglers are non-union. Okay. Um, but yeah, all the performers. Is there a puppetry
0: union or is that an act? Is There's that, the, is that not, the Actors Guild?
1: Uh, when it's the SAG-AFTRA.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So you're doing that for years. Yep. You, uh, at one point a few years ago started writing your own pilot for a show Yep, and stuff. That was, is, is that, was that the beginning of writing for other TV? Yeah.
1: I kind of decided that the TV writing was really fun and, um, I'd been doing theatrical stuff before then. Um, but kind of wanted to try my hand at it. So, uh, I think the story for the TV writing part of it, other than like the Sesame, the Children's curriculum writing happened through the puppetry, Um, but the grown-up TV writing kind of was its own track. Yeah. Um, I entered this pitch competition at the Austin Television Festival uh, three years ago, I think, Um, and won, but there was uh, a manager in the audience because his wife was one of the judges, and he came up to me after the competition, it was like, I would like to work with you. And he kind of got me started. So it's that exact same thing. Like you're working really hard, you have stuff yeah. ready, but unless there's a manager sitting in the audience that one time that you did that one thing, you know, yeah. nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Um. But then I got this break and I was, I had stuff to show him. So that kind of took off. Um. And then this last year, he and my agent got me on a show called Life in Pieces on CBS, and I ended up moving to L.A. Uh,
0: Young Hanks is on that show, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Nice guy? Have you yeah. Met
1: him? Um, Seems like a nice guy. I haven't really worked with him much, just yeah. because the writers are in their little room and yeah. only get to be on set, really, um, for like the day that their script is being filmed.
0: Right, 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 right. Or the right, week, right, rather. Right, right. Um, but, is, Yeah. So, so how many people on a team for a show like that?
1: Uh, that was actually a pretty big writer's room. I think a dozen writers
0: and, and you're coming in is, because this, how many, how long has it been on?
1: Uh, I came in on the third season.
0: All right. So I guess, well, this is a question where that you might not be able to answer, but <laughs> I mean, you know, just coming in on something that's already started, Mhm. Has to be a strange experience.
1: Yeah, because everybody kind of has their rhythm, and
0: the characters are sort of defined in some way. Yeah. So you're writing two characters that mm-hmm. are very stuck—not yeah. stuck, but like you know, constructed yeah. already.
1: Yeah, which actually is pretty helpful because you know, yeah, the parameters yeah. of these characters, and as you're
0: writing them, you can imagine that guy or that woman saying exactly. Those things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I you know I was I was obsessed with the West Wing for a while, which. As-
1: are we all <laughs> as, as, as one
0: should. And I listened to the West wing weekly mm-hmm, podcast. Have mm-hmm. you have you listened to this at all? Uh, I haven't, but I know. Okay. Yeah. So they had a woman on there who was on the writing staff starting in season five mm-hmm. when John Wells took over and brought in all these, you know, serious heavies who wrote for ER and wrote for yeah. this and wrote for that. But they, they're not Aaron Sorkin, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> and there's this interesting thing that happens on that show in season five where it, it, there is, a, there is a, uh, a singular vision of, even though there are other people in the writing room for the first four seasons, mm-hmm. ultimately it all goes under Aaron Sorkin's panic, all goes through his filter. Yeah. Right? It's like you come up with an idea for a storyline, mm-hmm. maybe throw in a few things of dialogue, but ultimately you're going to hand it to me and I'm going to turn it into whatever it's yeah. going to be. Yeah, yeah sometimes TV shows in the fifth season, it ends up feeling a little bit like writing by committee. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Is, is that what it's like when you're on a show with 12 people?
1: Uh, I mean, yes, but like, it's very collaborative.
0: Right. I guess that's my so question. It's, it's like, yeah. where, how does that, how does that ebb and flow happen? And, and when is it, are you guys sitting writing together and when are you off writing on your own thing? And when that comes back, <laughs> How does it end up as the main, the final script? Like, does that go through somebody else's hands? You know, all that kind of thing.
1: Uh, I mean, the showrunner ultimately is steering the ship. But we start in the room kind of pitching ideas. And at the very beginning of the year, all the ideas will go up on note cards on the wall. So, and this show is...
0: Like in the movies.
1: Yeah, it, <laughs> it is exactly...
0: It's a mat. It's in exactly movies. how you imagine it. it really,
1: would. really is. It is a bunch of people with their feet up on the table, eating snacks, telling jokes. Like, right. It. It is the Dick Van Dyke Show, but with twelve of them. I have
0: a friend who writes for Family Guy, mm-hmm. and they have to pitch in character.
1: I am terrified. Like there were a couple writers, really a couple characters, where people did pitch in character. Uh, and I just—it made me so nervous that I'm just like, maybe I don't have a joke for that character after all. Never yeah. mind. Oh really? I'll like, oh, wait until I can write it down because, like, I can't. <laughs> I can't do that voice. It, I I don't want to do it. Never mind.
0: Even as somebody who who has does been creating voices, voices for other yes, people.
1: Yes. But it felt different, and I got scared.
0: <laughs> but you're like these are real people in the room, yep. and they're gonna yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So all right. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you off track. <laughs> yeah. So. You, you're starting there with note cards at the beginning of the mm-hmm. season of, cause does this, somebody come with all, come to all of you saying, listen, this is what season three is going to be. There's going to be this thing. And these people are going to get divorced and this is going to happen. I'm sorry. I haven't watched the show, so mm-hmm. I can't comment on specific topics, but is it like, here are the overall arcs. You guys figure out the beats and how it all breaks up. Or is it, we have no idea what we're doing this season. What do you guys have? Some of both. Okay.
1: Um, and our show is a unique format in that instead of, a regular full episode. It's four short ace stories. So it's just like little vignettes. Um, so there are arcs, but they're kind of longer seasonal arcs. Okay. Because we're really just looking at these little snapshots. Yeah. Um
0: so the snapshots almost feel like little one act plays. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh which was great because then it was like comedy boot camp. Like you need to learn how to tell a story really cleanly, like, A, B, C, you're done, you're out. Um, But so there were some characters were like, okay, we know that we want this character to be pregnant by the end of the year. We want these characters to struggle with fertility issues. You know, this person is like going through professional stuff. Um, So we had like kind of bigger ideas, but it wasn't like a full arc that we needed to hit certain beats.
0: Right. So you had to figure out how to make those things dramatic and interesting. Yeah. And all the rest. Yeah. All the rest of it. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. When, when you, when you got this break and, and this guy's working with you for a couple of years and then he mm-hmm. says, all right, you know, here, I can get you on the show. Yeah. Is, do you have to go in a room and, and talk to the people and how do they know you're going to be funny or, or that you're going to be able to write for this show? Is it, how does that work?
1: It's such a weird process because, like they send out your writing sample. So they've read your work by the time you meet with the showrunner. And like, yeah. at this point I'd also done a bunch of general interviews with studio people. Yeah. Um, but when I actually met with the showrunner, he would read my stuff and then we had like a 40 minute conversation. And based on that, they just kind of have to decide like, is this a person that I want to be in a room with for a million hours late at night? like,
0: it's funny how much of professionalism ends up being that kind of thing. I, mm-hmm. When I was uh, in music school and I the, the department that I was in was sort of exclusive in the sense that you had to apply once you were in school, already at the school, to be in it because there was just a limited amount of space. Yeah, yeah. And I went and met with the guy and we're just talking, whatever it is. And, you know, you're all nervous because mm-hmm. this, this is, you know, yeah. 25 years ago. I was yeah. A and I remember he asked me some completely unrelated question about mm. some class I took at some other school, and he was like, "Oh yeah, tell me something about whatever." And I like told him he goes, "All right, you're in." It was just this <laughs> like it was this sense of they just want to make sure somebody's not in, a jerk. Yeah, I feel like that is eighty percent of it.
1: Yes, I think probably more than eighty percent because and it's so <clears throat> tough because I think a lot of people can probably fake not being human garbage for 40 minutes. Although maybe not. I don't really know. Right, 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 right. Um, But yeah, it's just such a big commitment to make based on such a short amount of time. Yeah. So I think that's kind of why people end up, you know, but I guess if
0: you don't work out, they can just get rid of you three episodes in if they really wanted to.
1: Uh, or do you have a contract? You for have the a year? contract. It started, I can't remember what the breaks were, but there were like, they had two opportunities, I think throughout the year. To get rid and of they me. Kept that you they
0: kept you Yep. <laughs> You're a winner list. <laughs> yep.
1: Uh, but I can't remember how many weeks it was. Uh, but yeah. But they don't have a lot of opportunity to get rid of you.
0: Do you think your strength is in story or in dialogue?
1: Um, Probably dialogue. <clears throat>
0: Punching up other people's stuff or writing your own?
1: Probably writing my own Okay. Rewriting is something that I've had to get better at
0: um, because I mean, rewriting your own stuff or rewriting somebody re- else? Uh, both. Okay. Um, and does anybody ever in the same way that the guy at, at Sesame said, you can't do Godot or whatever <laughs> it is, have people, if you've written a thing where they go, yeah, that character would never do that or say that or whatever oh, yeah. it is. Yeah, okay, I mean, okay. that's just part that's of it. That's the showrunner's job? That's the head writer's job?
1: Um, It is mostly his job, but also it's kind of the room's job, and we do that for everybody.
0: So people read whatever it is they wrote, and then people just kind of pile on and, and comment. Yeah,
1: yeah. Is so, that brutal? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Big skin or just but sort of just
0: part of the process? It's part
1: of the process. Yeah. And it's so funny yeah. because, like, sometimes people will – shit on your joke. And you're just like, you don't know how funny that is.
0: Yeah. Trust you me just don't me. have any you taste and that's the problem. Yeah.
1: Um, And then other times people will defend your jokes and you just feel like the smartest person. You're like, thank you. Thank you. You're right. That yeah. is the funniest. <laughs> um, And then sometimes people will replace one of your garbage jokes with an amazing joke. And you're, you're just like, yes, that well, is, yeah. that is so much better, better. Yeah. 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 So it's just, I mean, it's all part of it. And And,
0: I mean, are people good about it? Are they just like, oh, that's a really good idea, but I think that there's a better way to say it.
1: Uh, Or are they just like,
0: no, that's a terrible idea, but I've come up with a great one, which was basically what you just said, (laughs) just slightly worded differently.
1: Uh, For the most part, they're really (laughs) great about it. (laughs) And also like, there's a lot of like, Good-natured, like I'm going to give you shit.
0: Just sure, because yeah, yeah. it's fun to and give what, people shit sometimes. What are your hours like doing that stuff? Uh,
1: that room was very humane. We would start usually at like ten or ten thirty, and be out fairly consistently at like six thirty or seven. Right. Um. Some yeah. nights, of course. Like, so you come
0: in after rush hour and leave after rush hour.
1: Uh, it's L.A., so it's, it's always rush hour. rush hour. Like that yeah. is what that is. Yeah. 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 Um. And yeah. So it, the hours were pretty great, actually. Um, and I know some shows will keep you there until past midnight. Um, so I think I was extremely lucky.
0: Yeah. I, whenever I hear interviews with people who work on shows, especially like hit shows or something, mm-hmm. and they all say to a person, oh, I you know, I didn't realize how, yes, it sucked, but it was still the best time of my yeah. life. Or, you know, I I didn't realize how amazing it was when I was doing it, but now afterwards I'm not doing that or I'm doing something Mm -hmm. different or whatever. Um, There was an interview with some musician or something who was frustrated with where his career is. Mm -hmm. And apparently he became friends with Paul Simon. Mm -hmm. And Paul Simon said, you know, you don't understand. You need to enjoy where you are because I would give anything to be on a stage with Artie in 1963 again. And I can never be there again. Yeah. And I didn't appreciate it when I was there. So here's the, here's the knowledge I can impart to you as an old person. Do do you, do you ever have to kind of pinch yourself and say, I'm writing for a network TV show. How the hell did I get here?
1: I am pretty much always astounded and grateful.
0: Okay. So you're not jaded yet.
1: Oh no, no. (laughs) And same thing with Sesame street. Like I've been there for years You still walk in.
0: The magic is still there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because especially with Sesame, is that because a lot of is it it the history as much as the day to day?
1: It is absolutely both things. Okay, because like you'll see things and you're just like, oh, this this was original. Like there'll be a little doodle on the wall that you'll find. It'll be like, oh, this Jim Henson put this doodle here. Yeah, like that. That is an original just piece of garbage that he wrote a funny joke on or a little cartoon yeah. on and it's just sitting on my desk and be
0: interesting because I mean if he was still alive he'd be what like eighties now? Late eighties? Be pretty uh, old. Because he was in his sixty or something when he died, something like that?
1: Uh he would be Yeah, I think late seventies. Okay. Early eighties.
0: And probably do you think that some people could argue that people overly hero worship him.
1: Um it sounds Like everyone I know that has worked with him personally loved him truly as a friend and a wonderful person to work with. Yeah. So I think he truly was like a great guy. Okay. Uh, Raleigh, who has been there since she was an intern and now has been there over 40 years. She said that she saw him get mad once and they knew he was mad because he sat down with a magazine Turned the pages really hard. <laughs> and like that was that was the extent of
0: his rage. Yeah. I was like, that's adorable. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. Do you have any stories like that that you tell people?
1: Uh, I'm sure I do. And it's just so great hearing people like tell these kinds of stories. Yeah. Um, oh, offhand. I don't. It's know, fine. I'm just I was I'm just sure. Asking. Yeah.
0: Do you, what kind of stories are you gonna tell people when you when you're old
1: uh it's been really fun because there are a couple of puppeteers that are about my age that I'm kind of coming up with yeah um so hanging out with these nerds like these are the stories that I'm gonna be telling yeah. younger people They're gonna be the superstars, in yeah.
0: in fifteen twenty yep. years,
1: and it's, I'll have all the embarrassing stories about them
0: yeah uh so you you were telling me before that you're kind of bicoastaling it yep. in some ways because you're trying to do both. Yeah. Do they over? What? What are the seat? are there's is there a season that you're doing the stuff in LA, and there's a season you're doing the stuff at Sesame? Or, you know, is it intertwined?
1: Uh, largely it's intertwined. Like the Sesame Street season production-wise happens September through December usually. Um. So unfortunately, I didn't get to do building building work or wrangling work on the season, except for a little bit over Thanksgiving. Right. Um, and -hmm. then I got to work on another project over July. Uh, but like for the writing stuff, I can do that kind of concurrently and just fly back to New York for meetings and stuff.
0: So you can do it from afar. Yeah. You sitting in word, what do you write in?
1: Uh, final draft,
0: your final draft person. Really? What's the other one that everyone seems to use now that uh John August wrote made? Um Oh, there's another one, the screen another screenplay thing that some other guy wrote software. But yeah, some people like some people say the final draft draft is a little clunky.
1: Uh because it is the only thing I've ever used and I am not computer smart. Um I
0: find You're like, it it's lovely. just fun. It does
1: the thing that I need.
0: <laughs> I type I in and understand it, saves it it
1: just enough.
0: Oh yeah. Are there people who are sort of wizards in there that you just, yes. I don't even understand what you just did. Yes. And you just replaced that character through the whole thing yep. and I don't know how you did it.
1: Yep. And when that happens, I contact my friends who are current or former writing assistants who know the program much better than I do.
0: Cause they've helped out yeah. their bosses who are yep. like you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, how do I get rid of these blue thingies?
0: Yeah. I don't
1: understand.
0: So what's the long term plan? Are you gonna start a show of your own? What do you, what do you what do you want to do? Uh
1: pitching shows of my own. So I mean that's kind of everybody's ideal. Everyone's always pitching. Yeah. Um, but also Who do kind you pitch of,
0: to? How does that work? who your, knows?
1: That's I don't I don't who understand. Who even knows? Nobody understands. It's okay. a mystery. It's controlled by a couple people at the top who like it intentionally obscure. Um
0: yeah. Plus now there's all of the Hulu, Amazon, yeah. Netflix. Things, there's so much.
1: There's so much content. People are
0: are screaming for content. Although yeah. I feel like there's a content bubble right now. I mean, they're yeah. spending you know tens of billions of dollars these companies mm-hmm. in total. No one can possibly watch two percent of what comes absolutely. out absolutely on a single one of them. I mean, how, they put out three Netflix shows a day. It feels like.
1: And it's so confusing because it feels like all this stuff is being made, but then I have all these friends that are pitching shows that aren't being made. And you're just like, who, Yeah, who is getting this? How is this happening? Yeah, and yeah. it's so weird because it seems like th- there just have to be this list of a million things that go right. And if one thing goes wrong, the whole project doesn't just happen. falls apart. Yeah. And it could just be like, Oh, this person got a job someplace else. So it was their project that they liked. So when they got a new person, some
0: executive, comes, yeah, Yeah, the new executive comes in and scraps everything the old executive did. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just because I know you just greenlit this thing, but it's, it's shut down because I don't want to do it. Yeah. And I don't like Tom Cruise or whatever.
1: Um, and I heard about another Muppet project that didn't happen years ago, just because the executive's daughter didn't really like it. So they just stopped (laughs) just like, The, the opinion of one person that was not an industry person at all. How did did, the whole uh, show?
0: I I have two branches that I want to go in, but you just reminded (laughs) me of something. How did the Muppet world like the seagull takeover for the movie and stuff? Uh, Was that, was that like respected or was that not respected?
1: I think people liked it, but were disappointed in how it performed
0: financially. But he at least had clout and actually loved the material yeah. and all of that, so that was good. Yeah. But you, everyone just wished it had become a bigger thing. Yeah. It was, um, it was cute.
1: Yeah, I liked it. Mickey and, Rooney was in it, and I thought, did you see Muppets <clears throat> Most Wanted? No, the one I didn't after see that, that? One with Tina Fey. Yeah, I, I that love better? that one. Okay. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, okay, so wait, back to the pitching for a second. Yep. If you pitch a show, you have a show about your old friend who is going to record podcast podcast with his friends. Yep. You bring it to somebody. Do you, as somebody who's pitching a show, even have to think about funding or is that somebody else's problem? Once somebody says, this is a good idea. All right, we'll find producers and we'll find people to put money up. That's the studio's problem, not yours.
1: For the most part. Yes. Um, I think I'm getting together a pitch now for a puppet show. And I think they want me to have some kind of rough idea as to what it would cost.
0: Where the money will come from. Not what where the money, cost, just, budget. Just, just
1: what it would cost. Um, but I don't really know that. So I'm going to have to do some research to find out those answers. Yeah,
0: yeah. Budgeting for things is such. A, I have no idea how to do it. It makes no sense. You know, I have my agent and sometimes we'll mm-hmm. do some, you know, big commercial studio mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, you know, she'll come up with this number. I'll be like, really? We're gonna be there for two days. Why is this costing tens of thousands yeah. of dollars for two days or whatever? I don't get tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. I'm like, where's all this money going? Yeah. Do we need all these people? Do we need like and somehow that's the way things work and you have to go with it?
1: Yeah. And TV money versus theater money versus like puppetry
0: puppet theater downtown money.
1: Puppet theater money. Yeah. Completely different worlds. Yes. So you could put it on a like, puppet
0: show for five grand. Yeah. You can't put on a TV show for five million. Yeah, it's so strange. Yeah,
1: I'm just like, well, you know, I could make all this out of my basement with cardboard and do a show that costs thirty cents. So when you ask me how much it will cost to do this television show, oh,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I'll do, I'll do sort of larger single photographs with multiple people and mm-hmm. lights or whatever. Yeah. It is something that if somebody was hiring me to do it for an ad would cost $50,000 to do. Yeah. But I do it with a bunch of friends on a shoestring and Uh I buy people pizza. Yeah. It's like, well, I can do it for 500 bucks. So why do we need 50,000? Does it end up being that much better? I mean, you've worked on things that are tiny. You've worked on things that are middle and you've worked on things that are big. Is the output, you know, in, in correlation with that kind of change of the budgets and money?
1: Uh, no. Although, It would be, like... I mean, production quality maybe
0: at some level, but... Yeah,
1: production quality, and ideally, you know, I would love to be able to pay my friends actual wages for putting on weird shows with me, like...
0: That'd be amazing. That
1: would be amazing, and that is what the art itself deserves. So, and it does make it really easy for people with money to be like, oh, well, you can't possibly expect to be paid for your work, because you could do this in your basement with your friends, but like, so it gets very emotionally complicated. Um, (laughs) but in terms of like actual quality of work, I've definitely seen things that are just so brilliant and creative and have really been like zero production costs. Like I saw, we have been doing these puppet slams in New York and this one guy, Ithamar Enriquez, Came and did a puppet slam piece that was he just used his hands to recreate movie moments. And it was the funniest thing I had ever seen. And he had just hands, not even was, shadow or anything it was on them. His him? hands, a glass of water, and a couple of post-it notes. And it was The guy's just a monster. It was brilliant. Yeah. And then, you know, you've seen and then I worked on Spider Man that was, you know. On Broadway yeah, for yeah, yeah. millions and millions and millions of dollars. And right. that was its whole thing. So it's just like, well, money yeah. does not guarantee success.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did that show make its money back?
1: I'm not
0: Is it closed sure. It's, closed. It, it's
1: definitely closed. Um I don't know offhand.
0: Interesting. Yeah, it's it's this the whole world of entertainment. And the business of entertainment, Mm -hmm. like art and the business of entertainment have nothing to do with each other.
1: It's very confusing.
0: Yeah. Especially if you're somebody like you or, or me who's Mm -hmm. just like, well, I'm going to make this stuff anyway, whether or not I get paid. Yeah, It's hard to wait for the money to come because I just want to make the thing. Whether if you're going to pay me to make it great, if you're not, I'm going to just going to make it myself because I have this idea and I want to make it happen. It's hard.
1: Yeah. And it, and it also is really dangerous because you want to do it so you want to accept any money for it yeah but then then you can really end up screwing other people by devaluing it by Absolutely. accepting such a low amount so it's just such a delicate dance and also like some projects just legitimately don't have the budgets so you want to give them amazing work yeah for what they have but then you know what expectations are you setting up sure by doing amazing work for with unreasonable resources
0: well if you were independently wealthy which of these which of the different levels would you tend to want to work on um sorry it's a heavy question
1: that's hard to say cuz man the big budget projects are really fun cuz you just have an idea and then you write all the you're things made right, out of green paper and then it's on and, TV, and you're like, "Wow, cool! Yep, look at that! That all just showed up!" And I yeah. got to hire my friends, and this was the most fun thing. Um, but then there also is something really fun about just like I have an idea, and nobody gets to tell me what to do because I'm just doing it on my own. And yep. I have a ball of masking tape that I've drawn a smiley face on. And now I'm doing a thing in front of a crowd of people that I get immediate feedback from in an audience.
0: Right. In the writing room, you wait yeah. weeks and weeks and yeah. weeks before you see any results. Yep. And then do you read reviews of episodes?
1: Uh, I do not. Do people? Yes.
0: Do they try to say, and you're like, I don't want to hear about it?
1: Uh, They'll come in with numbers, but like all these ratings, because I don't follow it, I'm like, oh, that sounds yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. The crazy thing about the good? rating stuff know. is that the biggest shows now, you know, if you're on Big Bang Theory, whatever the mm. hell the big show is, its numbers are still a third of what Cheers was.
1: Right. Just because.
0: The, the world the, has just it's diversified. It's completely
1: different. Yeah. You can't even compare the yeah. two. And then things can be critical hits, but not actually yeah. financially successful. So right.
0: Who knows? So who knows? I, You know, when we were eating dinner right before this, I asked a question and then I we didn't answer. Do you remember what that question was?
1: Oh, it was something about. What is it? like to work on things that I liked as a child.
0: Oh yes. That's what it is. That's what it was. Okay. So you're sitting there, you're watching Sesame Street Mm -hmm. as a kid.
1: No, I didn't watch Sesame Street. It was for babies. I'm sorry. If you watched Fraggle Rock as a kid,
0: (laughs) but, but, but the question was, yeah, is it, is it, was it less magical as magical as you thought or more magical than you thought? Or just different than Um, you thought.
1: I'm going to say more magical.
0: okay okay
1: um because you're there so you get to see all the things and there is at least with sesame there's part of your lizard brain that has been conditioned to freak out whenever you see these characters yep like it is a physical response that i still sometimes have when i am oh my god here like if I am making a costume for Grover, he will be sitting on my desk, and when I come in in the morning, I will get shy for a second because, oh, my it's God, Grover. it's Grover. Yeah. And there was another point. I was on set, uh, and Matt was getting into the Big Bird costume. Did he have was, to build
0: a new one or to, to his size, or was he similar size? He does size have a new one, yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: Um, He's putting it on, and it was so funny because there was a point where it was just like, you know, a puppet. And then all of a sudden halfway through him putting his hand into it and lifting it up, all of a sudden it's it becomes a big, bird. big bird and your brain just kind of has that moment of recognition. And it's so weird. And this Especially is after the full being, body ones. Yeah, they come alive yeah. in a way. Yeah. And this is after years of being on set and seeing this, not like see, every day.
0: You're not my first big bird. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But then still like, it's just, it is a physical response that you have to these puppets. It's so weird. Um, so you still get to enjoy it the way that you got to enjoy it as a kid, but then also you get, it's more magical because you are part of it and you know exactly how much work has gone into every single detail So just your appreciation is so much deeper.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to, uh, back before I went to music school, I was kind of worried that if I learned too much about music, it would take away mm -hmm. the magic. And I had a conversation with a guy one night and he said, yeah, but the the thing that you forget is that it's also magical in a completely different way to know how the trick works Mm -hmm. and to still see people's joy from it. That's its own thing. So is this, it's that, that kind of thing with, Yeah. Yeah. To see the looks on the kids and the people, anybody, the adults' faces, they go, oh, my God, it's you yeah. know, Big burden." And they're like, yep, I worked on that. Yep, that's,
1: that's the thing that I get to do every day. That's pretty great. And especially because I didn't anticipate any of this growing up. Yeah. Like, I knew I wanted to work in theater, but I just kind of assumed it would be building props in Minneapolis forever. Right. Um, which, also, Minneapolis Theater is amazing. Um, but, like, and all of this is kind of just... It feels like it's just happened. Like these opportunities have come and I've been able to take them, but it wasn't like I didn't grow up thinking I'm gonna work for Sesame Street. So it's all been But it's sure worked surprise. with a lot of people who
0: do, who that yes. was their dream. Yeah. And I wonder if they're better off or not better off for having achieved their <laughs> dream because then maybe they are kind of stuck with that dream versus uh-huh. open to opportunities that come come past that. Yeah.
1: It. I mean yeah, I think it is kind of a lot of benefits, but also dreams it's can be really, stifling. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, is it exactly as you dreamed it to be? Yeah. Because like I've just been able to be very pleasantly surprised by everything that's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and like any opportunity that I get feels amazing. Whereas I don't have to be like, oh, is this am I getting as much as I thought I would have at this point,
0: yeah, sure. And I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. that's awesome too. Yeah, you 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 have you have had a career so far that a lot of people would, and I know you're kind of basically saying like, yeah, I'm working hard, but mm-hmm. this was not my goal. Each each of these individual things were not my goals at yeah. the time. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people who are who are just like, oh my god, I want to live Liz's life? <laughs> Um, I want to work at Sesame Street. I want to write for CBS. (laughs) I want to, you know, Uh, be bi-coastal.
1: I would say, I think the thing that has let me do this, um, and I definitely, like, I work a lot of hours. And that's been easy to do because I love what I do. So, like, after a day of building, you know, I will still spend my evenings working on shows of my own and spend my weekends writing scripts you know just because i love it i am always filling my time with more work um so just do the things that you really enjoy doing um and a lot of people have said you know you're probably going to have to choose
0: uh yeah but you haven't had to i haven't had
1: to so and i think it would have been a mistake for me to try to pick one and just do that one yeah um Yeah, and I just kind of, it's been really lucky that I don't have a preconceived notion of what I think things
0: should look like
1: or the way things should work. Yeah. Um, And that has made it really easy to take risks.
0: And to be, yeah, and to be adaptive to, yeah, 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 be flexible. Yeah,
1: because I'm like, this might work. I'll give it a
0: shot. I want to be cool like you someday.
1: (laughs) I I think you're doing pretty well for yourself, (laughs) there.
0: Uh, all right, you're going to have to come back when you start your own show in five years Absolutely. and you're showrunner and you're going <laughs> to hire me to take the press photo.
1: <laughs> and then I'll be like, all those things I thought I knew then, I just, none of it is it's true. true.
0: <laughs> you do any social media stuff? Uh, Not really. Like, I have a Twitter account. So you're one of those people who can be like off the grid. Yeah. it Must be nice.
1: Uh, I kind of worry that it makes me look like an idiot that doesn't know how technology works. Um, But I'd also... I don't it's I don't think it's that fun for me. So No, it's
0: not really that fun. Yeah. That's a whole the topic for another time. <laughs> Liz, uh thank you for coming by the end of a long trip.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And uh this is
0: fun. Yeah, it's man, i am really enjoying these conversations with my fr- cuz it's like these people that I know I know some sort of sliver of their mm-hmm. life. But I don't know everything, yeah. you know? And so many of them have lived and done so many amazing things that I don't know. That's the point. Uh Yeah, let's go take some pictures. Sounds great. We'll talk later. All right. Thanks, Liz.
1: Thank you so much.